Well, Dad, we're back. We've yes. made it to a uh, second episode uh, with you. Um, excited to, ha- to have you back on the podcast. Uh, like we said before, we're, we're going to have you on, try to have you on at least every, uh, every month. And so here we are. We're back. Perfect. How do you feel? I feel really good. I feel ready, excited. Let's do more of these. That's what I think. Good. You recently had your heart checked. I did. You've, are you healthy? Yeah, I, I, it was just a routine thing. You're supposed to go in every two years after you have a heart attack, and I had been five. Wow. And Why so long? Well, I just forgot. Like you well, just, that, you know, you can't forget. I know, but after you like start living normal, you forget you had a heart attack, and you know, with no issues, they're like, uh, you have this drug and you have nitroglycerin. So yeah, I never carry that around. You know, because you just forget that you had a heart attack. You feel normal again. And uh, so I was like, I think I'm supposed to do a checkup. So I called the doctor, like, yeah, you're supposed to. But my doctor had retired <laughs> in between. So my you know, doctor that I really liked retired. So I met a new doctor. I like him, too. And uh, he checked me out, said my heart's great. Everything's good. Uh, you know, it was, it was good. He was like, we're starting the journey again. And, you know, it was interesting. He had the face shield on and the mask and the whole thing. I just had a mask on and. And I said, well, I had my heart attack, you know, and I, I've survived COVID, I, you know, so I'm feeling pretty good. He goes, you survived COVID? And I was like, yeah, I have. So is that going to, like, ban us again if I say no, that? No, no, we didn't get we didn't get. Okay, I don't want to get banned or anything. But I told him, like, I said, yeah. I, I think it's, I think you can say it. Though. I survived it. Yeah. And he's like, good, good, you know. Yeah. So anyways, it was good. My heart's good. Everything's good. And I probably, I need to exercise a little more intense. I, he said I need to do 30 minutes a day, three days a week, at an intensity that you can't sing. He said that would be the intensity, like you couldn't sing a song. Like you're you're working out so hard that you, you couldn't sing a song. Can't but I was sing. thinking about it, if you're walking, like you know, if you ever walked with somebody and like you're like talking and either you're losing your breath, you couldn't yeah. sing a song. You could, you know, you could sing. It wouldn't sound good. Sure, know? but you don't have the 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 belting range from your gut. No, and you're yeah. kind of like you'd run out of breath and you you know. So I was like, okay, I got it. But yeah, I feel good. I feel I'll, I'll be more regular on meeting with them and doing that. But you do feel like normal, so I feel good. Good. Well, when uh, it reminds me of um, uh, when we were reading this during COVID, but like the the near miss in London, yeah, the, yeah. the bombings there. That was that, that you you share that with our team. But it's like when you when you were a near miss, you feel like you're invincible. Yes. Matter of fact, I said that uh, just at a parenting uh, Bible study. Like we had the whole church had marriage and parent night and alpha going on and kids and all these different things, sisterhood. And we did the marriage and parenting night. And somebody said, how do you live normal right now in this? And I said, you know what? I kind of, ever since I passed COVID like, and got through it, I feel invincible. And that you were referencing the near miss. Malcolm Gladwell talks about World War II, that there were three people with the bombing in London, the, the people that died the people that were near missed that were like hysterical and the people that were missed and they were like felt invincible and they didn't realize that people that were missed and, and never died from it were like, drop your bombs, go ahead. And they, they got a boldness on them. And I declare that Remember, I declared that over the church. That's the type of church we will be. We will be a invincible. You can't get me. And I, you know, again, I, I, I that's the way we've lived. And so I kind of live that way with my heart now. Like I get, but I do have this thought, like, every day, man, thank God my heart is okay. You know, I, I kind of yeah. do. I'm like, thank God my heart is okay. 
thank you. Keep this heart beating. I got lots more to do. Yeah, a few few weekends ago, uh, last month or so, you shared a message on Lazarus time. Yeah. You know, and talking about you're living on Lazarus time with your heart. And I think that was such a good message and reminder for us to live on Lazarus time. That is a great sermon. And I owe a lot to Leslie Olson for just dropping that nugget at her husband's funeral, living on Lazarus time. And since then, people have said that should be a book. Yeah. Matter of fact, I am talking to like the people that helped me kind of winnow down, like what's going to be my next book. And I can tell you, one of the, it's probably going to be one of these two things. It's either going to be living on Lazarus time or it's going to be keep the change, yep. talking about keeping the change in your life, which goes back to my heart attack. And so one of those two, because I just feel like those are messages people need to hear. So Very maybe good. people could vote on the podcast. Yeah, maybe. They yeah. just vote. Send it in. Send in your vote. Great. We'll, we'll make sure to send a vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, I know we were talking this morning. You wanted to talk about teams and yeah. team dynamics, you know, all sorts of different things. I know you had, yeah. you had several thoughts, but we want to just dive in to, to get to what is kind of on the front of your mind. Well, I'll, I'll start with something I used to say way back in the beginning. I used to say, the church with the best team wins. That's, I, I just realized that right away. There are a couple things I looked at, and I thought, okay, what makes great churches? And I thought, the pastor stays a long time. So I was like, okay, God, I want to stay there a long time. I want to be there. And I even prayed, could I stay at this church my entire life? Which so far, so good. And so longevity. And then I was like, the second thing I said was, don't do stupid things. If a church is going to grow, you got to not do stupid things. Stupid things kill your momentum. You lose key people. It hurts you. And then the third thing I realized was the church with the best team wins. You are never going to do this by yourself. You have to build an amazing team. And the church with the best team wins. And so I, I just have a joy. And I mean all the way from paid staff to volunteer staff to lay leaders to – the the best team is gonna win most times, you know, and so I want to I want to build the best team possible. What is, I mean, whenever you say the best, you know, the, whenever you use that word in any context, it's how do you identify what the best is? That's a great thing because I'm not I I the first word when you said that to me the first word was right fit. Hmm. That's the right the first word that jumped out yeah. right fit because I'm not looking for the smartest. I'm not looking for the fastest. I'm, I'm looking for, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking for the right fit. When I think of team building, you know what I think of? A jigsaw puzzle. Hmm. Okay? That's what I think of. I, I'm not thinking of a, a tower. Like, I'm not trying to build a tower. I'm trying to build a big jigsaw puzzle. And that's the team. And there's a right fit that goes in this corner piece. And I got to find, have you ever done a jigsaw puzzle and you think that piece fits and you're trying to make that little, yes. you're like, it fits. No, it doesn't. It doesn't fit. And, and, but you want it to fit. And so when I think of the best team, it's the right fit, hmm. right fit. That's what I'm thinking. Jigsaw puzzle, not tower. Maybe that just helped a bunch of people. Yeah. Because when you're building a team, it, it, it's also not an accumulation of assets that all sit on a shelf or, whatever it's a jigsaw puzzle so you've got to make it yeah i think about like if in a, a worship ministry or kids ministry if you have um if everyone's a good singer but there's not yes. leaders or if everyone's a good writer but they're not 
you know you have all that but you don't have people who can talk to people in the lobby or in kids mystery everyone everyone can juggle fire you use that joke yeah, yeah. you know um maybe we don't do that anymore because of liability but yeah. growing up my kids pastors we they would always juggle fire but it's like if everyone can do that but we can't lead teams and can't lead volunteers and can't be administrative like like right. it's i mean it's exactly what ephesians talks about it's the gifts it's the body it's it's full of different We're things all different parts, yeah. when when you think about like how do you Every pastor's jammed that piece in because yep. they wanted. Yep. Maybe it was they. It was their guy or their girl, and they yep. said they're they the one. In them or their relative, and they jam them into the spot. What I think though is when you jam something in the spot, now it's in really tight. So if you want to remove it, you kind of have to disrupt the rest of the puzzle and you damage it. The pieces. So talk to us about when you have to remove the piece that maybe was jammed in or maybe no longer is the right fit. Again, I just, maybe it's not perfect for the jigsaw analogy, but it used to fit. Now it, could. it doesn't. I haven't even, I've never thought of that analogy till right now. Just so you know, that just came to me. But um, the thing I'm thinking of is when you take the piece that is the wrong fit, when you find the right fit, you have to realize that piece has to come out in order for this to work. And we have to put the right piece in. Mm. And then what do you do with the piece that didn't fit there? You don't throw it away. You find the spot where it goes. Wow, that's good. You know, so don't think about removing somebody out of a wrong fit and throw them out. They are a piece to the puzzle, and so you just need to put them in the right spot. Now, yeah. sometimes people don't like it. They like, like, yeah, I did fit. No, you didn't. You were the wrong piece. But I think the, the proper thing for leadership is to take them out of the wrong spot and put them into the right spot. And I think that's what Paul's saying. Like, can the foot say to this, like, I'm not this. I, you know, you've got your right spot. Do your right spot and, and go where you're at. And sometimes when people get moved, they say it's the greatest thing ever, and sometimes they fight it. And I'll never forget one guy that was on our team, worship leader. I said, you're not a worship leader. You're actually a really great tech guy. You're actually a good communicator, but not as good of a singer worship leader. Um, and I'm not going to have you be worship leader. I'm going to move you over. And he's like, oh, this is what I went to school for. Like, I fit, I fit. And I was like, you don't fit. And I said, but you do fit over here. So he took the job um, kind of begrudgingly. And then later on in life, he said to me, that was the best day of my life. I, it was the hurt, the biggest hurt day. It hurt me deeply, but you were right. I was not that piece. I was this piece and it's changed my life. And now I'm in my right spot and I feel so good. Thanks for having the courage to move me to my right spot. Wasn't fun. Wasn't fun. Had a grown man in my office crying because I told him what he went to school for was not what he was going to do. He was going to do something different. And that's the tough part of leadership. You got to be able to look at the whole jigsaw puzzle and say, where do these pieces fit? And my thing is if somebody wants to be on your team and they're a good person and they're, uh, you know what I mean? If they're on your team, they love your team, they fit your culture, they, they're a good person, find another spot for them. Find the spot in the jigsaw puzzle for them. Mm -hmm. um, now, here's another part. Like, I'm just using this jigsaw thing, okay? It's working um, so far. <laughs> Have you ever, like, again, I'm, again, not like I do these all the time. Like, I'm just going on historical memory. Like, if you said to me, do you want to do a jigsaw puzzle or play golf? I'd look at you like, that was the stupidest question ever. Like, it's golf. Um, so, and I'd have to be, like, in a really tough, isolated spot to do a jigsaw puzzle today. But, like, you take a piece out that doesn't fit there. And if you ever, like, I remember we'd cluster, like, okay, all these purple pieces right here. And you'd be building the cluster that... You had a cluster going, but it didn't fit in the jigsaw puzzle yet because there wasn't enough structure. Yeah. And so sometimes people fit for the structure two years from now. Don't lose those people. Have a side cluster going and get them. And then when the time's right, 
then they fit perfectly. Hmm. And you might have to ride it out with them a little bit, and you're thinking you're not getting great value from them, but you're building a side cluster for when the jigsaw, you know, fits. I should do a leadership teaching on this. Yeah, maybe I'm liking this jigsaw this. puzzle. Maybe that's <laughs> another thing to vote for the book, jigsaw right? Jigsaw puzzle leadership. Yeah. <laughs> no. when, when you think about the those conversations, you mentioned the conversation uh, talking about, hey, this isn't your gift, but this is. You, you, you use the word courage. You have to have the courage to have the conversation. I mean, me as a, as a new leader, I'm having to have courageous conversations that I'd never had to have before. And I'm sure many people listening are saying, I'm in leadership and we, the first step is you need to see the problem. But I think not everyone sees it, but I think a lot of times they do, but they don't necessarily have the courage to do it. What have you done from growing up in, in, in yourself in ministry from founding the church, you know, 26 years ago to now, it's obviously easier now to have those courageous conversations because you've had a lot of them. You built right, the muscle, right. but thinking back early on, when you didn't have the courage to have the, the tough conversations that you needed to have, what helped you or what did you learn from those conversations that maybe could help some of us who haven't maybe had those harder conversations yet, or maybe they are, they're looming and they know that you need to have them, or you did it and it went really poorly. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I would say is we have to keep giving people feedback. If we don't give people feedback throughout their whole job they don't know if they're doing good or bad and then everybody has a self story that they tell themselves either i don't know what i'm doing but they're still paying me um i must be doing a good job because they haven't said anything and so people have a self story they're telling themselves and you want to help them to have sober judgment a reality of what their real situation is and i think a big failure is we don't give enough feedback soon enough and then we wait for the big meeting date like i finally have to address this and then they're like what do you mean like you never said anything you never gave me, so my biggest thing that I would say to people now um, is give feedback, give them constant feedback. Like if something's not going right, give me like, okay, uh, the other week in uh, one of our campuses, I was there and somebody did a, a, a communion and they said like his actual body hung on the cross. That's what we're celebrating today or that's what we're holding in our hands. And I was like, no, 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 it's not the actual body. Like, you know, I was just like, wait, 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 wait. Like, you kind of, I know what you were saying there. Like, he really did die on the cross. Yeah, but, but he merged the you two kind of the theological So immediately, yeah. quick feedback, like, hey, you can't say that. You kind of were confusing, and you got to be very clear when you go for communion. You can't, oh, you got to give quick feedback, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I even talked about, like, tone of voice and inflection. And um, so there's uh, just, you have to give quick feedback right in between services. I went to the worship leader and I said, Hey, when you're stepping away from the microphone, I need you to look up when you're thinking, not down, down, looks sad, disengaged up, looks at like anticipation, listening to heaven. So when you're, you know, even if your eyes are closed, head up, head up, because that's like, give me the download Lord head down is like, I don't know you know, people read head down sure. differently than head up. And so I'm giving quick feedback, boom, 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 you know. So it's 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 feedback of like, hey, today's meeting was good. I, I felt you were a little underprepared. Da, da, da. We need to, if you could do this better, you got to give people. Most people want to do the right thing, and they may not know how to do it or, you know. So it's giving that feedback, and then you can have that difficult conversation. And the toughest spot, I've had some with people that literally did not, they did not see it. I'm like, you don't have the gift for this. I do. No, you don't. No, I really do. No, you really, really, really don't. Like, we've come to the end of the road. You're an amazing person. You need to take this job or not. No, I. this is, nope, you're not hearing me. 
Like, I mean, I had this. I even said, hey, you have six months to, to find a new spot because we're, we're not, we're not giving you, we're not, no, 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 I have the, nope, you don't. And then four months, I'm like, hey, you got four months, two months, hey, you get two months, hey, one month, you got one month. And we get down to the day, I'm like, your, your, your farewell party is next week. What? I'm like, I wasn't kidding. Like, wasn't kidding. So sometimes there are people that just don't see it. Yeah. And then there's others that, if they see it, they're like grateful for the feedback and others that don't see it, but still want the feedback. But you have to give the feedback or else you get to that moment. It's like train wreck. One of the th things that I've noticed is your, maybe it hasn't always been this way, but since I've worked here, you know, you're someone who's quick to feedback. You, you want to get it fixed as quickly as possible. I know other people maybe are more, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to process it for a little bit, see if it's a big deal or not. But I do think you need to have a method for your feedback, whether it's quick and right away, whether it's, you know, and, and some things you've said are, they need to be corrected between services. Like, hey, we can't say that next service right, because right, that right. that is and not what we believe. Like I'll give a review like, hey, I was at your campus. These are the things that I saw. These are the things. So it, it's processed and immediate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you have to do both. And I think you, as a leader, you have to watch out for the big words that you use. Like I was told, you can't say the word hate. Like you can't, what do I mean? I can't say, I hate that song. Like hate is a big word. You like, did you, say you hate red lights though. You did say that. When? The other day you, you said, I'm sure I, I, I hate red, red lighting in the services. Oh, yeah, it feels yeah, 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 too, yeah. too That dark. one I can hold to. <laughs> I don't think churches should have red lighting in their, like Good Friday is the only day of the year I think red should be used in the auditorium. It's just kind of like dark. dark. Yeah. It's like a Good Friday thought. Like somebody's like, dying, like old you know? program, like the devil comes out on the stage yeah. and the lighting turns I'm red. I'm not doing a devil drama. I'm doing like church <laughs> and life-giving. So I don't like red. Matter of fact, I hate red on church <laughs> except for Friday. Good Friday. Um, but I've had to learn to like use that word very sparingly because yeah. it's like a <clears throat> word, you know, it's yeah. game over. So y you can give feedback right away, but you got to not do it in emotion. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing. Give feedback right away. Something I've noticed too about giving feedback is all the feedback you mentioned, you know, is kind of constructive, is negative per se. Like you need, you need to get better. I think for me, I need to be more intentional in giving good feedback. Affirmation. Yeah. Affirmation. Because that it, and it's not a perfect science that it counterbalances the negative, but if you're always saying giving feedback that's negative, but you never give feedback that's positive, I think actually positive affirmation can help to revert negative behavior, so to speak, meaning, hey, what you just did there was awesome. Totally. Let me give you a couple of those. So I was at Shockby Campus the other day, and Morgan uh, was doing announcements, some announcement, and I went up to her right before she had to do announcements. I mean, like right before, like 30 seconds on the clock. And I said, Morgan, I need you to say this, this, and make sure you remember this, this, and this. Literally that quick. Like, and I threw it on her. Hmm. Some people have throw for a tailspin. And she just went up there and owned it like a champ. Boom, 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 boom. Nailed it. So then in the lobby, I saw her. I was like, Morgan, let me talk to you. I said, what you did was phenomenal. First of all, you nailed it. But secondly, you showed me that you're a high-capacity, quick-thinking leader and that I can give you stuff in a moment's notice and you can flex and own it like it's your own. I said, that's a rare skill. I am super impressed with you, okay? And then uh, same thing like at our all-staff in October, um, I went and went up to uh, one of the singers and I said, hey, your voice is so unique. It's so, like, man... 
I see big things for you. And then I went up to Wes and the new songs that they're writing, which by the way, good night. Yeah. The new songs, like, yeah. There's like such an anointing on songwriting. But I went up, I said, that new song, amazing. Keep doing it. I went up to Ryan. Thank you for empowering the next generation. Great job on doing this. And so there's that positive right away. And positive, by the way, positive feedback can be done with emotion. They can. Mm-hmm. Negative feedback should not be done with emotion. But that that positive, like, unless it's life or death, you know, like, you can give negative feedback, like, to save somebody's life, yeah. you know, or, or an emergency. But it that should be done with measured understanding. And positive should be, like, Tom Cruise jump up on the couch. You, you know, go crazy. I mean, yeah, whatever you want to do, like, What is that from? I think it was from Oprah, and he jumped up on the couch, like, yeah. You know, you don't know. Like, that's before your time. Yeah. You know what's funny? About 10 years from now, people will be like, who's Oprah? (laughs) They will. Totally. I mean, like, she's like a gazillionaire. Well, yeah. I mean, I think she said, I'm going to stay out of the spotlight, and I have a lot of money. Spend my billions. Yeah. Not not a bad plan. Yeah. Not a bad Uh, plan. um, Yeah. You were mentioning... um, Right, right before uh, going up on stage, uh, we had a guest with us, Michael uh, Murphy. He he helps kind of yep, coach yep. and train our team. And um, a, f- a few weeks ago, he was uh, standing next to me, and I was about to go up and do communion. And uh, he had a different. He had a little bit of a different. Uh, he was pulling a prank. Yeah, out of you. he said he said, Logan, I feel like the Lord's speaking uh, that you're supposed to sing in tongues over the church. And there's going to be commu- a, was a communion. communion. And, communion. and there's going to there yeah. needs to be a Japanese interpretation. And I'm like, I, I was really listening to what God was speaking to me. And I looked at him. And then I looked to my right, and we had um, one one of our interns and his wife. They're from Japan and, and speak Japanese. And so, so like, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to do this right now? Like, if this is God, you know, we're a spirit filled church. We don't do that, you know, during the weekend. But I'm like, if this is God speaking, and so I asked the Holy Spirit, and I said like, God, is this what you're asking me to do? And I heard like, no. So I had to look at him and say, I don't think the Holy Spirit's speaking that to me. And he thought I was in on the joke. So he's like, okay, okay fine. Just be disobedient. Just, yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? And he right totally now? was joking. And, with yeah. And then he goes, no, I'm kidding. And I'm like, that's different. Like what you gave Morgan was do it. But so. on that same line of jokes, the worst thing you can do to a speaker that is a guest speaker or like at a conference is go up and say, Hey, the Lord told me preach the other message, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they're like, "What?" Because they probably had two that they were struggling about, and they finally picked one. And then you say, "The Lord told me to tell you pick the other message," and then it just messes with. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Don't don't do the tongues thing. <laughs> yeah, or do that. or that for sure. When when you think about teams and the dynamics of a team, obviously feedback is a huge part of the team. But there's other parts of building teams that I know have kind of been on your mind between the dynamics and you know. There's, you have thoughts and thoughts and thoughts, and so I, I want to make sure we. Yeah, my thing would be uh, another thing that I think about with teams is you got to make them better. It's your team, but you're called to make them better. What do I mean? And I remember realizing this. John Maxwell said, if they're a four or a six or an eight or a ten, like eights will get sixes, sixes will get fours, tens will get eights and nines. And and I remember that teaching that he did. And then I thought, I think everybody can get two numbers better. I don't think they can get five numbers better. Like a four can't become a nine, but a four can become a six. And it's up to you as a leader to make a six and eight, a seven and nine, an eight, a 10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And God will give you fours and fives when you start out in leadership. Can you make them sixes and sevens? 
And then God will give you sixes and sevens. Can you make them eights and nines? And then God will give you eights and nines. Can you make them tens? And I think that you have an obligation as a leader to develop your team and make them two steps better. Not Because you get overwhelmed. Like, they're never going to be a ten. But can they move from five to seven? And can that really move your church or organization further and make them better? Like, everybody can go two steps better. So coach them up. Coach them up. But I always feel bad when... Somebody gets drafted by a team and they never get better. I'm like, you should be coached up. Yeah. You every the coach should be able to get you two steps better than you were. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like I think about um like Sam Darnold. He was on the Jets, the quarterback. Yeah. And he goes to the Panthers and it's like has been lighting it up. And it's like maybe it was the organization that was the problem, not the individual. Right. And it's like there's there's a there's a truth to that in churches too, to where it's maybe there's a young leader um that goes to the church and it's oh they're an amazing person and they get developed and they thrive and you go why is that not happening here maybe it's not the young leaders maybe it's the development pathway you know and maybe it is leaders sometimes you need to find new people but there's so many components maybe uh down there he found a coach that understands his love language sure you know because there's people that thrive under you're a loser i'll show you i'm not and there's other people that thrive under like there's something in you i want to pull it out of you so you find the right soil to bloom in, and and so maybe that's what happens to leaders sometimes. They find the right mix, you know. How is as a leader? How do you manage that? I mean, even looking at the the teams that I oversee, the people on them are very different. Like you know, half the team is very spreadsheet organizational. Right, whatever I say, it's like I want to. I want to do that really yep, well, yep. and the other half is way more creative, and it's not that way. And they're both incredibly gifted in their areas, but the languages are different. And so I'm even learning. This is a question maybe for me, but for others who oversee, sometimes they oversee creative people, other times they oversee um, very organized, administrative type people. Um, and not that there aren't gifts that are shared, but how have you? Um, how have you managed that to like, yeah. it's kind of like loving kids. It's in kids. one of my books. Yeah. I forget yeah. which one. It's either in Front Row Leadership, Fix It, or Speed of Unity. Oh, grab one. I don't <laughs> know which one it's in. You know, like, it's yeah. funny because uh, it, it, I would listen to like people like John Maxwell, in my book, Learning to Thrive. You know, I mean, he'd always know like what book it was, but I'm like, it's in there somewhere. I forget which one. But um, I, I talked about the leader, like your team is Mac and PC. And now I know that PCs use like Mac software and they go back and forth and Mac can have word on it. But years ago, Mac was deliberately one way and PC word was another way, Microsoft and Mac. And I remember understanding this, like some of my staff is Microsoft and some of them are Mac, but I have to speak both languages. Mm. If I'm going to be a great leader, then I have to let the Mac people love and appreciate the Microsoft people and the Microsoft people need to understand. Now I know that it's blurred today, and all the software can be on both, and it's preference and all that. But yeah, those little un- commercials where the guy you yeah. understand, like it was. But use that. There are people that are organized, and there are people that are creative, and there are people that. So you've got to be able to speak both languages, and then as a leader, you've got to make people to be able to appreciate the other members of the team. Um, if you can't appreciate the other members of the team, they'll 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 hang you out to dry. Uh, you, you want to try to grow something with a team that doesn't like you? Good luck, <laughs> you know. So, uh, it, it's as a leader, learning to speak both languages, learning to understand, and then let's go back to college. Anybody that's been to college, uh, 
your professor thinks their thing is the only thing on planet earth <laughs> and they give you all the assignments and all the homework and you're like dude like i got five other classes and the life doesn't revolve around you know this class like yeah and and you're like seriously but to them they're consumed with what they're focused on and you've got to make sure that people understand like we got to see the whole picture we got to see the whole picture we got to see everything and a leader also has to look at the unintended consequences of those like decisions the way the team dynamics are so that'd be my best advice there that's good i mean i think it's it's easier said than done obviously but i think that it's 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 time after time after time of being consistent because i think one thing that i've noticed especially with you know young people myself is as a leader young people will see hypocrisy in that and not that not that former um uh, not hypocrisy in what you said but they'll see if you are being hypocritical in the way that you lead and and i think that that's that's something that i'm trying to figure out is am i being consistent not not equal but consistent you know and i think um i, I can't remember if we were talking about this a few few weeks ago but it was um i i heard this at a, at a conference and and they said you shouldn't love your team or your kids equally you should love them uniquely and sure. i thought that was that was interesting because it's like equal is well they get to go to a game but they don't even like baseball why would i take them to a baseball because i i got to take all my kids to a baseball game well they yeah. don't even like it Do it uniquely yeah love no that's uniquely. good and and i i was set free on this years ago when somebody said jesus had like hundreds he had the 70 he had the 12 he had the three yeah he had the one mm -hmm. you know and i was yeah. like oh look at that like i mean on the mount of transfiguration he only brings three up there yeah he doesn't say come on guys <laughs> it's limited to three and it, there were times that he didn't say come on 70 it was limited to 12. and he didn't treat them all the same uh he treated them uniquely that's a great way to say it and i, I really like that yeah i think it was jenny allen who said that but um interesting it, the one final thought on that is if we're talking a lot about the leader, you know, the person who's leading the, the, the team, as someone who's maybe listening to this that is, okay, I have a leader and I have somebody and maybe they say, hey, I'm that creative person or I'm that very administrative and organized person. How, how would you recommend to them, let's say they, they have a leader that maybe they, they don't feel is um, treating them uniquely in that way. They feel like maybe it's a broad brush. How would you encourage them to approach a leader, pastor, um, their their manager to to say hey could you could you help me in this area because I know that can be a challenging thing that people are just I guess that's how my boss is he just treats people that way and it's it's not a great boss uniquely. will love the feedback because if people came to me and said hey could you help me out this is how I love to be communicated to this is how this is really when you do this this makes me come alive when you do this it crushes me those are good that like I'm open to that feedback now some people are like tough I'm the leader deal with it it's your job to adapt to me. So my thing would be like, ask questions. The best way to approach a leader to solve a problem is to ask questions, not make accusations. When you make accusations, it puts them on the defensive. When you ask questions, it puts them on the offensive. Problem solving, their leadership gift kicks in. So you can ask questions like, hey, I'm wondering um, if you there's a better way for us to solve this problem and I'm wondering if you could help me to get to this better, you know. And when you say that, they kick in. Well, why are you saying that? What are you thinking about? What it's versus an accusation. Like when you do this, I don't work well. Great. Now what? Yeah. So 
Um, last thing I got to talk about this before we go. Mm-hmm. I know we're about yeah, yeah. we're close to the line on the yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah, but the development thing that we're working on with church. Yeah, boom, like that first up, first next up, boom, the whole thing, the development plan. Yeah, the the, the it's a uh, first up for the people in their first. Uh, couple years in ministry next up for next generation of leaders yep. lead up for training for kind of department heads campus pastors and then coach up for kind of high level leaders how they can coach up their team yeah i can't tell you things. enough like what we're developing here i'm so excited i don't know what we're doing with that with the network we're you didn't ask me it. to say this but i was just thinking about team dynamics coach up lead up yeah like whenever that comes out yep everybody better lean in because that was mind-blowing what they shared at the october step like yeah. I was like blown away, like grab that, develop that, yeah. market that. Yeah. I have a meeting this afternoon that. about it. So. Okay, good. Because yeah. that's legit. So yeah. anyways, yeah, exciting. this is good. Yeah, this is really good. We're, you're, we're... Like, you're like Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear a little less. <laughs> a lot less. <laughs> a lot less. And you have only like yeah. 100 million less people listening. That's but true. It's that's a good true. start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good compliment. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. But, well, thank you for being on. And like I said, we'll have you back next time. If there are questions uh, for, I don't know that we, we got to any, we were talking for a while, but if questions, we want to make sure to get yep. to ask on Instagram, email us at Network Perfect. River Valley, get the questions in. If you have them, we want to make sure to ask you and we'll see you again soon. All right.